I tell you guys, we finally landed the uh, centerfold in World Building Magazine. Who's, wait. I don't even uh, know what how to respond to that. Uh. Well, I booked you guys. We're all doing it. I, okay. I graced the cover. Do I have to be new? Okay. Uh, you do have, yeah. no, that was... I thought we I thought are you fully on board with nudity. If you're in going World nude, why did you buy that fox like pelt? Like that was like all of our operating budget for the next three years. Well, first <laughs> of all, the pelt is for the scene. It's on the ground. The, it's, the pelt uh, it's is like actually for the cover, where it's yeah. just me and sunglasses and a fox pelt uh-huh. over my loins, and it says "World Building's Bad Boy." Uh, <laughs> It's a $20,000 pelt. Why? Why do we okay <laughs> that purchase? What kind of fox pelt costs $20,000? It's, it's a, a whole fox. suit. Am I crazy? It's, it's a suit oh made God. of fox fur. It's the it's fox a fox that suit. looked after a Russian village for generations. Very yeah. pricey. We're going to get flamed by PETA uh-huh. for this, like, really hard. It it's, is, but you know what? We endorse fur on this. Like, that, like... <laughs> Like a single fox pelt, I'm looking it up now, is like 200 bucks. But it's, so it costs to, a lot more if it is protected by another worldly uh, spirit. It's like $20,000? Why are we making the fucking coats and selling them, right? That's a better grift than this podcast. You're right, I quit. You, you're, yeah. you're saying that an actual job is more productive? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we start a business that makes any kind of money? Well, here's, here's my problem with that. A business that sells things. That's my point. <laughs> In order to sell things, you have to get things. And getting things requires, uh, what's the word? Abilities? Skills? Ooh. Marketable no, it, traits? Ooh, we're, we're ability challenged. Anybody can do multi-level marketing. Uh, I actually have some knives that I really want to show you guys. They're really great, really high quality. Uh, and also lavender. It's the next big business. Lavender is actually nice. I like lavender. Regarding that regarding that fox pelt coat business, though, Belvin, you got like a line on some guy who can get us some thread? Because we could just bang that out, I think. It is a side thing to this podcast. Mmm, threads. My thread guy's all out. He switched to, to weed. Oh, damn it. That I was makes sense. We could make, all over I was town. thinking we could make money. All of the merchants who are selling single items like threads or buttons have just switched to oh, drugs. God damn. Welcome to 30 Minute Worlds, guys and gals, the podcast where we build a uh, RPG setting within, I'm going to say, roughly 30 minutes with some extended time for me to not shut the fuck up. Uh, with me, rolling deep, the whole crew... Zach Chessman, Dan Killer Kennedy, and Belvin, friend to all man, Olasov. Why? Okay, why didn't I? You know what? <laughs> I, I, I started the conceit after. <laughs> I'm sorry. What do you want? What do you, you want left for your in the dust, it's, Chessman? His name is already Chessman. No, it's fine. Yeah, it's just Zach Chessman's Chessman, already kind of Chessman. A, Chessman sounds Zach like Chessman. it is just a goofy nickname. So it's a nom, here. no, it's a nom de guerre, and. I'm going to real quickly. We're going to cut this silent part out where I find the dice roller on the (laughs) on the Internet. Yeah, we're definitely cutting it. You're narrating the silent part. It's a three. So that means. uh, Dan Daniel. Oh, is that me? Wait, no, it's one for Chessman. Two for Daniel is aren't I three. 
Uh, yeah. You, it's either you or me. One of us is two and one of us is three. What is the uh, point of the it, dice if you don't remember? Don't <laughs> this well, was your conceit. Uh, uh, three is me. I'm fairly certain. Okay. Oh, yeah. If you're wrong, I have some only everybody will know. If we're, if I we're have wrong, some structural if, reform if we, I'm going to bring to this process, <laughs> but until then, I suppose you, the decider, get to declare whose number is whose. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, All right. who? Uh, Four more weeks. Who's got some prompts, Dan? The how word. About you? The word is diner. Diner. Okay. The word is diner. That's a vibe. Holy shit. Belvin. Summer. Oh. Summer. Chessman. Oh, I don't want to bulk because I had this one coming in. Just cut, just roll with it. Just throw it. Salt. Salt. Summer. Salt. Diner. Oh yeah, it's those vibes. <laughs> I think the I think the beach. Guys, the vibes are getting me. It was the salt just, summer this. of nineteen seventy-nine. <laughs> and diners were everywhere. This, this is an wars. epidemic. <laughs> this is just a seaside waffle house. It's fucking great. I've been trying to go to my house and there's nine diners in the way. They just pop up middle of the street. Ain't nothing you can do. <laughs> The air is so salty. I'm thirsty. Well, near near about near about all the time. When you say diner in this context, do you mean the diner restaurant, or do you mean someone eating something? Uh, the diner restaurant. Okay, okay. Just making sure that there were restaurants popping up in the middle of the street. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, the, are, the entrepreneurial spirit. Are there restaurants popping up in the middle of places? I'm kind of what? having a vision of a single diner in the middle of nowhere. Okay, so you, uh -huh. you're thinking a singular diner. Okay. Yes. Someplace with salt, like a beach, perhaps? Beach, salt flats. Yeah, salt flats. Salt flats. It's on those, okay. uh, one of those big-ass salt flats in Argentina. Um, it's just like uh, literally fuck, miles and miles of salt. Uh, I don't know what they're called. You can get the idea. The salt flats. The salt flats? Okay, okay. Oh, Salinas Grandes. Yeah. So in the middle of some salt flats, it ju stands. which just means big salt flat place, essentially. Well, we name shit like that too. We have the Grand Canyon, uh, the Rio de Janeiro. Uh, What's that oh, mean? No, wait. We have Rio Grande. It just means big river. It means river of. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it just it means river of a place. It's like, come on, uh, big let's, ass let's reel river. It, let's reel it back in. So, in the middle of these salt flats, there's a diner. How old is this diner? Why is it there? And who are the clientele? That's a lot of questions. Uh, tourists. It's not easy to get to if it's in such a remote location. Right. So there must be something special about it. The diner is a hub of sorts uh, for people to come to, maybe for refuge. Maybe the salt flats are dangerous. Yeah, my mind is flashing to the Hitchhiker's Guide concept of the restaurant at the end of the uh, universe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I kind of got that vibe, too, yeah. from it. Like a sort of interdimensional watering hole. But uh -huh. Interdimensional makes it harder because do they have summer in other dimensions? Summer has to play into this. They'd be around the diner. It's always summer. Okay. 
or like maybe a, summer like a means sort of... something special in this area. Like come summer, okay. you can you can move around freely. Otherwise, there's these terrible salt storms or something like what that. What no? What about what about when it's summertime, the diner appears? Yeah, okay, I like that. Yeah. Uh, so it's barred to a season, right? Uh, other times you can't find it. It's do we want to say magical? Like yeah. clientele, clientele from other places, kind of like a stardusty vibe. Yeah, maybe it travels to other places during the other seasons. Uh, right, but in summer, it's in the salt flat. Summer in the salt and flat. That's yeah. the only frame of reference the inhabitants of this world have. Uh, I summer, think the summer is kind of a long period for it to be there, though, right? Well, like, what if it was it just the solstice? To, it needs to gather business, right? Okay, yeah. Oh, okay. But maybe it's not okay. What if the meal that you get served there is some kind of divination, like some? This kind is of- like a. There, this is like no joke. This is a Korean show <laughs> uh, where like there's a bar, there's a pop up bar. It's called Mystic Pop Up Bar, and there's a bar that serves people drinks that reveal their future. So let's not go too. Well, I've never down. seen that show. I was being very original. <laughs> I've seen it. So we're borrowing it. <laughs> we're going to really offend all of the K-drama fans no, in our I listener base. It. Yeah, we're just going to get like, <laughs> you just did Mystic Pop-Up Bar. And we're like, damn it, we did. No, we can put a twist on it. I, I just really love the idea of like you get served like pancakes in a certain shape. What if it's, what if it's not your future, but it's like it reveals things about yourself or like what if it's therapeutic? more of a fucked like, up needful things kind of diner what do you mean by needful things the stephen king story needful things where the curio shop opens up and oh, it curses people the, yeah, yeah yeah right right yeah. so what yeah. if it's not entirely above board what if it's malicious somehow yeah, it's not up to code. These guys haven't had a health inspection. This, in like this provides 4, a conflict in the years. story, too, other than there's this diner. Uh, I don't know if I like that, actually. What do you guys think? Let's well, take it to a vote. Like a, I think it either needs to be like a travel like hub like that, or it can be. But like, or because is it both? Is it that and like a Hotel California kind of thing? I don't really know. What if, okay, what if the diner, because we've established other places during other parts of the year, right? Yes. Hmm. Uh, what if wherever, whatever dimension the diner stops in, it brings like nascent mythologies to life around it. Uh, this would give the diner like a otherworldly vibe, kind of a spirit world vibe, but also it wouldn't allow for extra dimensional travelers to hop on when the diner is making its next stop, as it were. Sure. I mean, there's something like in the imagery, it makes me think of something kind of purgatorial personally. Right, right. I mean, who wants to hang out in a diner? And what kind of diner is it? No, is it chrome-plated? Plate. I'm just imagining Waffle House. Not going to lie. Denny's? <laughs> yeah. yeah. In my head, I just see Waffle House. Essentially an off-brand Waffle House. Yeah. Like, well, like Huddle House is off-brand. <laughs> Huddle House yeah. is actually, I went there a few years back. It was pretty good. Yeah. It's like halfway between Waffle House and Denny's, which yeah. is no. Which mm, means it's I don't know. half a good restaurant. <laughs> Yeah, Denny's is good too. What are you fucking yeah, talking Denny's about? Denny's is alright. Yeah, I'm the lore there. lad. Denny's is good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In this universe, I haven't this gotten the reform through. He can declare certain restaurants to be superior. I vote to overthrow Walt as lore lad. Uh, you move him. <laughs> summary execution. 
We're uh, funding I, I death squads to <laughs> depose the Loreland. So as we're talking uh, so, about the surroundings, I think that that is an interesting thing to – is there stuff that people have to fight through? Do people fight each other to get to I the think, diner? Uh, okay. I think that maybe the diner uh, – Could it be a test of will? Like, we, have to, we have to pick whether the diner is good to get to or kind of like malevolent. You know, whether the diner is refuge or whether it's a blight. No, I, I think it can be a little bit of both, right? It's a destination. Yeah. Like, people fight to get there. But, like, maybe you get knowledge at a price or power at a price or something. It's Yeah, could, could it yeah. be something like it, it reveals things about yourself or knowledge you want to know, but you might not want to know everything about it? Like, if it is, like, almost like a therapeutic experience, but the idea is that you have to face your demons to get through it? Yeah, yeah, so the... I mean, this is coming really close to, I think this is probably a pretty common trope, but it's, it's kind of close to Silent Hill in that, and Silent Hill usually like focused on like really fucked up people that had done terrible things, uh, and like were regretting them and they would go to Silent, Silent Hill and by the end, I mean, not to, I mean, not to spoil anything. I'm like, by the end they were either dead or they'd repented or, or something like that. Uh, so like. The diner manifests like parts of your psyche that you need to deal with. Yeah. And but if you're someone who doesn't have that, who goes to Silent Hill, like it can just be kind of like a slight like a either like a totally normal place or just like slightly weird. Let's say that the salt flats around the diner are dangerous because of the diner clears all your bad like impulses. It does make you a better person, right? It however, whenever it shows up in our world, it carries with it all the bad impulses that were stored from its previous destination, and they come out as alien creatures and ravage the landscape. That's interesting. So if people go there to kind of purge this darker side of themselves, it doesn't go nowhere. It, it's right. You're actually screwing over uh, wherever it's going to be in the fall. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I like that. And I think what's important is, like, after you have your meal, you have changed. Like, it could right, be like a therapeutic right. thing, you get better. I think it's just important to, like, be active, come to the diner, and mm. go through a transformation of some kind. Damn, this is getting frog questy. I like it. <laughs> the we metamorphosis getting, diner. <laughs> we getting questy up in here. What's the uh, culture around this diner like? I mean, like, the salt flats are pretty dangerous. Are there scattered towns around this kind of area? You know, I bet but, there's probably one town, right? They're like, salt, salt flats aren't terribly populated, um, just yeah. because it's hard to set up on the salt flats. Probably nobody is set up on the salt flats. Probably on the Maybe edge. Maybe on the edges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you've got people facilitating, like, the tourist trade, and I imagine that some people, I mean, because you could collect salt from it, right? And I'm running up against the fact that I don't know anything about the culture of people that live near salt flats. Um I would I would imagine very hard scrabble uh people who've had to live uh I don't see any reason to live on a salt flat. The only reason you would come would be to visit this place. Right. Yeah, I and mean, I think yeah. you have different types that would come. There'd be like spiritual seeker types, like rich people. Um you think there's something to gain here? The uh, odd tourist that just stumbles into it. Anthony sort of Bourdain. Thing. Yeah. Well, I think you can't stumble into it because it's surrounded by, you know, acres of salt and deadly monsters. So, 
Secret if you assignment. find yourself here, yeah, if you find yourself here, you're in a bad way, essentially. Yeah, but, but the thing about so salt flats, big flat open spaces, some like things that have things that happen on salt flats are like, um, like people try to break speed records on salt flats. People hold uh, what was that big music festival? Uh, Burning Man, um, you're talking yeah, about, yeah, Burning Man. I guess it's a, not a music festival, is it? No, it's, it's not. kind of a rich people festival. Yeah. No, man, yeah. You, you don't understand the burn. We can't get into it right now, but it's actually a transformative experience <laughs> and a whole new way of living in the community. So, I, uh, my life changed yeah. after I paid five thousand dollars to live in a luxury TB. Oh, at Burning. Do you guys have any weed? <laughs> oh man. Dude, just the 45-year-old who goes to Burning Man to hang out with teenagers. Burning Man is not on trial here. <laughs> and it, it brings his giant, like, mech that spews fire. How do so we like, implement Burning Man? <laughs> well, hang on. What if, no, you could kind of build a Burning Man-esque culture around, because it is a regular occurrence, the diner coming and the creatures coming. What if there's, like, a cultist cast of uh, folks who kind of get the wrong message from the diner, where the creatures themselves that arrive with it are the like things to be feared and respected, and huge gatherings take place to partake in religious ceremonies out there. Yeah, like a big festival atmosphere. A festival you don't want to be at, much like Burning Man. Right. So the town that's or whatever towns are close by are like populated by all of these people who are like it's like an open secret that like. Maybe not everybody in the town, but like it, pretty much everybody in the town is one of these cultists of the diner. I think that the, the cultists, uh, they set up shops somewhere in the flats, probably close to the diner. Well, yeah, but uh, when it's not summer, what do they the, do? Yeah, yeah, they, you're right. I think they do disperse. Yeah, yeah. So they come in. Oh, so they come in and take all the summer. Wait, not the summer jobs. The non-summer jobs? All the regular, like, yeah. you're talking non-seasonal jobs. Well, I guess no, you wouldn't they would want be... to visit the salt flats in summer anyways, would you? Unless you're a crazy cultist or right. looking to eat at the diner. Because the cultists don't care about the diner. They don't want to eat there. Uh, they fetishize the bad spirits and completely like incomprehensible manifestations of cruelty uh, that yeah. so arrive when the diner arrives. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. far gone. They think those things are the whole point, right? And since those things can be found nowhere, no, nowhere else on the planet, those are the closest thing to gods that there are. Cool, yeah. And so the people who come there, like, say you, like, have dreams of this diner. You feel this uncontrollable urge to, like, go to this place. Let's say that this is how people are drawn there normally. Yeah. When you go there, you not only have to deal with these spirits, you have to deal with these fucking cultists. Right, right. That's fun. I want to get into okay. the experience of being inside the diner. That's very important. Let's talk about My that. sense is that well, the waiter or waitress would be like your ideal partner of the opposite say or same whatever romantic partner. Careful. <laughs> so I mean so the, the, the experience <laughs> the experience of walking into the diner, right? Like right outside the diner, surely very very like it's, it's crazy like it's like you like i don't know exactly what's outside uh maybe we get into that but then as soon as you walk in the diner it's like silence 
is just like a nice diner. Maybe somebody's playing something on the jukebox, and then yeah. you're being served by a beautiful uh, man, Careful. woman, etc. When you walk in, the AC hits you just right. No, you don't feel the AC. It's just the right temperature. <laughs> it's a room temperature room. Yeah, I think yeah. it's got to strike you, though. <laughs> Perfectly room temperature. Yeah. You're like oh, immediately presented no. with a drink of whatever you'd find most refreshing at that moment. Mm. Well, they take you I, to your seat first. Yeah. Obviously. And there would be other people there who had been, because you can live there without sleep kind of for a long time. Because it, it's a profoundly spiritual experience to be there. And you like, kind of lose track of time yeah, while you're there timeless. you know yeah, it's kind of like an interstitial like place exactly it's between exactly. time between now time. the people living there as long as they want okay uh, not as long as they want uh as long as the experience takes, they, they have to leave at the end of the summer okay you know they get kicked out there's limited tables in the diner too that's the other thing that is incentive for competing adventuring parties to get a spot there are no reservations. You have to go out there and take your own. Solo diners have to sit at the bar. I feel like not enough people would be getting to this diner to worry about seats. Uh, what if it's a small diner? I mean, there are some tiny ass. Yeah, but if you don't remember, there is horrible monsters blocking the way that probably kill people. Yeah, I mean, um, could it be something like when you're in the diner for you? passage of time kind of stops like so you have people from like different time periods and places that are just oh i really like still. that yeah yeah and i like to walk lot. in and there's like a vaquero from like the 19th century like oh uh, shit you just remind me of there's a sandman book uh where people are sent from all these different periods and times and realities to a, a tavern which is like similar concept. Oh, I, I love that. Yeah. Is this is this the one where he meets that like Englishman who's been cursed with eternal life and he meets him every year at like this British tavern starting in like the 1500s? No, it's a different one. There's one book of Sandman. Like, that's a great story, by the way. It's one of my favorite Sandman threads. But there's yeah, a that book that's really just like good. short stories that like people telling tales in this liminal space, this tavern out of time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I like the idea of like... Yeah. Part so of it like, is matches like, you... With uh, like a group of people, like uh, separated by time and space. Yeah, mm. I like that. Like part of the experience is not purely solo, not purely internal, but like you're experiencing this with people, and that is part of what is so transformational. So it's like the right people yeah. to talk to mm-hmm. and move through. I you also think Joan of Arc, and she like, tries to get you to accept Jesus Christ or something. Oh, well, I don't know if it should be. I don't know if it should be set. No, I don't know if it should be set in our world. That's something I think we can talk about, but I don't think we <laughs> yeah, need to have this set in our world at all. No, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, and that hold kind of on. weakens it, actually. One second. Because we can't, <laughs> 25 minutes in, <laughs> just 20 minutes in, just say, okay, so there's all of these, this imagery that we've been building on is just assuming that it is in the salt flats. We've, it's like, it's just, it's gone. Like, if if you're separated by time and space, like how do you draw on the past it's and the future? It's a world future? like ours. Lorlad okay. Biatch. Also, how would Joan of Arc had made it there, like, and still be there if it leaves every summer? Oh no, that was a reference like, to Reefer Madness. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, so yeah, it's. Just, I don't no. think it like. <laughs> I think we can like 
kind of put up it's a world like ours it is a similar reality but we don't have to ape history here i don't think you know it really matters i think it's more fun to play with it and see kind of what aesthetic we can come up with for this place right i think it's maybe like an evergreen three minutes world thing to just say this is a world like ours we're not saying this takes place in it's just a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode you know, it's like this is not world. the real it's world. Not based on any <laughs> everything yeah. to come in the next half hour is falsehoods. <laughs> Do not believe it, man. So, about these monsters, let's talk about them. And is it just monsters? Is uh, it monsters? Monsters. And like- some things are harmless, like someone's like manifestations of like self-loathing. Like some monsters are self-destructive. Yeah, and I mean, it's not, we're not just talking about like beasts here. We're talking about like psychic phenomenon and stuff, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. kind of a lot of them too are, yeah, most of them are unseen unless they're really powerful. Like they would be kind of like the anomalies in Stalker. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that's because that's what I think makes a bit more sense than like big hulking, like demon dudes walking around. Uh, right, right. Yeah, so say someone uh, in the spring excise one of their fantasies, like something they've been holding on to that wasn't actually any good for them, wasn't going to happen. So maybe you can get trapped in that fantasy as a wanderer. Right, right, like, like Fiddler's Green. Yes. Going in you Sandman again. Stumble like into a, an opium den. <laughs> right, or you stumble into a waking dream that you uh, can get lost in because it's someone, like you get so much fulfillment out of it. Because that person got fulfillment out of it. Right, yeah. A dream. It, it's kind of a dream gauntlet to get there in a certain way. So, so maybe, here's, here's okay. These, uh, these dreams are pulling at the, uh, like, because you came here to get rid of something, right? Or a lot of people came here to get rid of something. Some people are just yeah. groupies. It, it, these dreams are pulling at things that you're trying to get rid of in yourself, right? Mm. Or things that maybe you don't know what you're trying to get rid of. You're just trying to get rid of something. Well, and that's how they pull you in. Well, we kind of established that these dreams and neuroses and excise stuff was not even your baggage. Like, this is baggage of the last round exactly. of people. Yeah. Right. The last yeah, stop. Yeah, no, exactly. So, so, but yeah, no, that, that I know they're different, but like, it's like a... Like a parallelism, like yeah. I mean, I, yeah. that makes sense to me that you would grow through experiencing stuff that isn't necessarily your baggage, but like baggage is baggage. It mm-hmm. also translates. Yeah, or you could let someone else's baggage become your baggage if you fuck that. You know, like if you fuck it up, <laughs> and oh, then when it gets yeah. kicked out, if you make it to the diner, it's even fucking worse. No, yeah. What if there's like yeah. a, a bad ending, like? You you get to the diner, and because you've like taken on this baggage and not moved through it. Like you just get served poison. <laughs> that kind of, I think that runs contrary to what we're trying to build the time. I, no bad. Ending. I think, okay. I think the test, yeah. the test is getting there. Sure. They won't let you into the restaurants. Yeah, the test is like facing it. Like, but with all of these, like, yeah, the test is risking your own life to better yourself. Right. You basically get all of your baggage recontextualized in other people's experiences. Right. You kind of have to and, go outside yourself a bit. Right, and it also, again, raises the question, like, is dumping your own baggage onto some other, like, poor fucking universe actually indicative of you being a good person at all? Right. Well, that's the thing that the cultists, the cultists actually, like, have a point. Because if 
this thing is getting rid of people's baggage and everyone's in it. And that's just helping other people get rid of theirs essentially. And as long as you don't die, of course, I mean, I don't like get a heart attack or something or just leave and be scarred forever. Then it actually is helping people. But, you know, do all of them just stick around? Do all these bad dreams and, and bad vibes just like hang around this diner forever? Well, if they get moved through, I like to think they move on. They leave in the summer. But where do they go? In the fall. They kind of disperse when the diner leaves. It's a temporary thing. But that's because if they were up, I think it's important that we tie summer into this as a special time of year. The monsters, I don't think, should be there year round because otherwise the cults would be there year round and there would be no place for them in the towns to maintain their ostensibly normal lives. Mm hmm. So I think it's important to the monsters or a temporary transposition on the landscape or the anomalies, if you want to call them that. But where do they go? Do they, when they disperse, like, is it just all the ones they collected from the last jump? That's a fair question. The earth, the earth can't, the earth can't sustain that much negativity forever. And they disperse. I don't know. The whole point of the idea is that like, when you get rid of your bad shit, with like the artificial help of the diner, it doesn't go nowhere. It goes like, it, it, yeah, I guess you're right. So I guess it would be cool if they're, uh, maybe they kind of, I think by being worked through, it comes to peace. Like it just turns into a different kind of psychic matter. Mm-hmm. I think particularly potent ones can stay, you know, a lot of them are like weird micro, uh, problems that someone had with themselves yeah well like like not to get too far away from the diner but it could go elsewhere in the world and then just start influencing an area like just a negative presence yeah and i Uh. think the people of the salt valley have kept the diner a well-guarded secret i would think and so there are monster attacks in the world that have been going on for a long time right or attacks by preternatural forces or supernatural you might say yeah, because I guess to the cultist, it doesn't actually matter if any guests come to the diner, because as long as people went to the, the diner in the winter or in the spring in their world, they will still have these anomalies when it comes to their world yeah. in the summer. So like, what if, okay, what if when the players start out, like no one in the world actually knows what the monsters like really are. They just know they appear when the diner appears. And once they reach the diner, they learn the truth of what they actually have been facing this whole time. Yeah, there's always exposition dumped by the chef. Yeah, the chef's <laughs> really into laying it on when he should be, frankly, like cooking those burgers a little bit more. Yeah. No, he just like leans I mean, who, on the who, counter. He's like, hey, bub. Who orders a rare burger? I mean, what the fuck? It represents vulnerability. But yeah, I think there's a hook here if you're in a kind of low magic setting. And you wanted to incorporate this in, this could fit very well. Uh, strange phenomena, that kind of thing that occur in the summer, every summer, around this guarded, safe valley region surrounding the salt flat. Sure. Cool. I yeah. mean, I, I feel yeah. like we made a neat little thing here. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we still got time. Keep in mind, I'm, we riffed for I'm four. Very minutes. against. It not being in the real world, but okay. Okay, well, state state your argument. I 
it is just the exact kind of setting that would not be in like it's just the kind of it's i guess it's sort of like one of these like it's not a full it's not a full setting right it is like frog quest in that it's like this little uh entity that you can sort of drop into a world and Uh people outside of its little bubble probably don't even know it exists like maybe they've heard rumors but it would be reasonable to say that it's like uh it's a secret or a myth right so nothing you know what from being in our world sure yeah no yeah chessman you know what i've come around to your way of thinking actually it does make more sense as a slot in I mean, you could you could drop it into I don't know Numenara. Um, well, that would be funny if it visits our world. And you could put it in any setting. Yeah, yeah, you could put it in any of our settings, mostly. <laughs> oh man, Bridge of the Gods, but there's a diner in the middle of the bridge, dude. I mean, like what? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually good. I'm into that. Uh, but uh, I think I don't know. It's certainly interesting, and we need to talk about like kind of what some of these anomalies are like and I don't know some of the dangers of the flats and like what kind of I don't know I think we need to flesh it a little bit more but we have something solid here okay to, to me it just like I think of thought entities that may have some kind of like physical visual form but functionally how they attack you is you just like either feel deeply whatever like neurosis you're working like that thing represents or you like enter some mm-hmm. dream some scenario just like baggage yeah, that, it's that's all what like i liked about stuff. the idea of it yeah like a psychic phenomenon like a dream or a nightmare that you just right, slip into because right. you can cover anything in that that you want to right like maybe and the nightmare is that the gravity reverses itself or some I shit think, like that yeah yeah beings on other dimensions uh what's frightening about this too is like some emotions we could understand, but some emotions they might have might be completely alien to us that we couldn't even conceive of, really. Oh, you're saying like people, oh, like the diner goes to some place that is, is right. so like, different. When oh, it that, goes to other parts of the year, uh, it, it fun, comes yeah. back. Uh, the, the creatures, the thoughts that you're encountering are sometimes like alien to you. Oh, uh, yeah. And are horrific visions of things. Right. Luckily, because that would be really hard to explore in like a narrative way, like they they don't they don't pull nearly as strongly on you. They're just very powerful and sca- maybe those are actually like a like they're a physical assault on your system. Do you think like, those are the monsters as yeah. compared to like the visions and the enchanted groves that this mm. setting provides? I agree with you. I think there should be large part psychic anomalies, that kind of thing. But uh, I think also... Because what is a monster but what you don't the, understand? Yeah, the cultists right? need idols of things and they need symbolism. And that implies that they've seen things in common. Commonalities of observance. Things in the desert that kind of look alike and have like a... Uh, I don't know. like a, I mean, could they do something like take the form of like local like legends or like cryptids and shit like that. Uh, maybe, or maybe they take the form of cryptids as cryptids would appear on another planet, essentially. Well, I always knew space Bigfoot was real. <laughs> it's just Bigfoot with a fish globe helmet. One fun thing about talking through like all these different realities is that we have spent the past few months creating all these different realities. So it's like, 
what would the diner from Frog Quest world look like <laughs> going to Green Hell, yeah. going to a uh, barbershop spaceship, going to... What is this, a crossover oh. episode? <laughs> can't. A crossover diner. <laughs> God damn it. Um, I gotta resist the temptation to throw our other shit in there, because... It would be quite powerful. Well, if we're talking about we, different we just, realities, I'm just saying we have all these different. We do have right all there. this shit in the bank. Theoretically, we could just knock it out. But yeah, uh, are these cultists violent? They, I think they would. They've submitted to the worst impulses of like creatures they don't even know. What if they just have no impulse control? Yeah, I don't know. Are you thinking like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom people? Or are you thinking Burning Man people? A Burning Man meets Temple of Doom. So they, I don't know, there could be some chill ones, but there are different settlements, none of which are really mapped out at all because they're nomadic. What if, like, this they devotion... They follow these anomalies, too. This devotion to the anomalies has, like, degraded their, not their mental acuity, but their ability to, like, tell right and wrong apart. Uh-huh. Like, they've given into their baser instincts in some ways. I like There's, that. I, and while they have a society of sorts, it's horrifically warped. I think there's levels of people, right? Because, like, there's always people who are being recruited to this um, to this way of life. Uh, and then there's people who have been there for a long time. And the people who have been there for a long time are more corrupted. But, and and also, they're just wandering all the... Maybe wandering all year, even when it's not there. Right. Because they just can't readjust they, to society. Yeah, they think, yeah. they think these are the gods, you know, and they want to... They don't understand, like, what really they don't like believe in what the diner actually does essentially they only know these monsters appear or these gods appear in accordance with it maybe they want to protect the diner maybe they falsely believe that the presence of these monsters is to prevent people from getting in when in reality it's coincidental Could so you end up joining a cult and yeah. then you uh the, the way that cults, like cargo cults, ended up being structured so that if they survived long enough, uh, the way some of them were ended up being structured is that, like, you always had something that the cult was doing to make money. Like, they were, sell, I mean, really, you, you know, pick your poison. Maybe they were selling wristbands or something. I don't know. I don't know what cults do. <laughs> Tiger um, tourism. Uh. Do you want my friendship bracelet? I'm in a, I'm in a cult, by <laughs> the so way. So that's like the normal people. That's like where they, that's like you don't have, like, they measured your Thetans. This is the first time they measured your Thetans and then they recruited you and you're like, uh, I'm going to cut that bit out about the Thetans. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, we don't need them on our ass. <laughs> For real. Uh, well, that, that works too, though, because like the longer that you're out there and you're exposed to this awful, just debasing shit, the more unstable you're going to get. But you're also more religiously significant in the eyes of the people in this organization so you have authority as you grow more unstable right right and so they're ruled kind of by these like archons of depravity and then yeah and then at some point you just you leave the like cult like building like and you just you you wander out into this under the salt flats and that's like a celebrated moment and speaking of leaving the building, I believe it is time for us to bid our listeners farewell uh, while we're in a good place to end it. You know, I thought that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. It really, really fills me with 
great memories of it's summer. Nice how it came together. You know, uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I dropped there for a second. Uh, Walter doesn't know how uh, the Discord uh, channels work. After uh, I know how they work, I know that they are manifestations of God's will. Yes, uh, well, and it is known. They're they're powerful kami that are to be revered. Uh, I, I thought this was one of those things where you just sometimes slip out of the reality that you're currently inhabiting. Where I just say kami, yeah, yeah, sure, uh, honey, more salt. If you guys, if you guys like this episode. Subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice to get new episodes every Saturday. If you're feeling real up for it, go ahead and write us a five-star review uh, and share us with your world-building friends. That really helps us out. Our artist courtesy of the talented and wonderful of Shell Tor at Jovial Paradox on Twitter. You can tweet us too at Lorelads or send us hate mail at 30minuteworlds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and as always, happy world-building. And uh, next week we will have special guest Ianara Natividad. Oh yeah, uh, not, not to make it a not to make it a footnote. Not but. to make it a footnote. She's very talented. We're very excited to have a guest lad on the program, and she's worked in the TTRPG industry. She's just a close, a uh, good friend of ours. Good friend of ours. It should be a blast. So here's seeing ya on Saturday, fuckers. Bye. Fuck. Shit. Get, roll. <laughs> cut the episode. Cut everything. Credit. Burn it. We'll see you then. Cancel. <laughs>